Welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. My name is Lindsay and my co-host, whom you will meet shortly, is Rochelle. We are two moms on the opposite side of the same coin. Between the two of us, we have children at every age and stage and hope to inspire those homeschool moms who need to pick me up in their busy schedule, busy just like us. We have come to realize that the best way to approach this sanctifying work of motherhood is with a good dose of humor and humility. Thank you for joining us today. Now let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to Talking Mom to Mom. This is episode 21 and you are joining me, Lindsay, and Rochelle will not be joining us today. We're actually doing the podcast episode solo this summer and um, I do recommend that you check out Rochelle's episodes that she's recorded. I've actually been downloading them just like you every Saturday and listening to them and I have been so encouraged by some of the... uh, wisdom that she shared and stories and um, of course she's a very good friend of mine but I've learned some new things about her and I just I enjoy that so much that she is so real and personable and conversational but also shares some really um, godly wisdom and advice as well so I recommend you check those out. Um, I am going to be sharing with you today three books that I have been reading over the last uh six months and you know at the first of the year I actually made a resolution or a goal to read one book a month and that might sound funny because you know I'm a homeschooling mom and I should be reading a lot anyway right well I have just found that since I have had six kids and life is busy that I don't read for pleasure um, or my own education but very much um, I read a lot with the kids and and do there's stuff for school, but I've totally let my end of that go. And um, so I have been focusing on reading this year, and I try and read one book a month. I haven't quite done, you know, one a month as I should have, um, or you know, according to my goal, but I'm not going to let that get me down because it's still a goal to do 12 by the end of the year, and I can either play catch-up or at least be proud of what I did accomplish by the end of the year. And I have read some of the best books. They were top of my list because I heard about them from different podcasts and blog posts that I had read that um, were recommended for homeschooling moms. And I'm telling you, really, really recommend you read these before the school year starts. So my whole reading one book a month, and I'm going to ask you to read three books in two months. So that's fair, right? (laughs) Well, um, my first recommendation, if you have not read this one yet, please, please do. It is Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace by Sarah McKenzie. This book I actually think should be read before every semester, um, before starting each semester for school. This book was so um, eye-opening for me. It is basically about, you know, us as homeschooling moms, we get stressed out and anxious from, you know, are we doing this right? Do we make the right decision to homeschool? Um, Are we using the correct method? Are we using the correct curriculum? Um, You know, what therapy bills are we going to have to cover when our kids get older because we've ruined them with our ways? And we we get so anxious about these things from day to day in our homeschooling, and sometimes we pile so much on the homeschooling schedule um, that 
you know, we're taking away from our children's education because we're trying to do all the things. And the thing is, is that all the things aren't necessarily what your kids need. And that's what this book is about. Again, it's Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace. I just wanted to share a few quotes from the book. There's actually three parts to this book. The very first part is, whose well done are you working for? And one quote from that is, it isn't that I have nothing exactly. I have my little basket. I can read aloud pretty well. I'm good at organizing things on paper. I can make a decent pot of chili, and I know how to push a vacuum. I love my children with all my being, and I have a real desire to watch them grow to love and serve God. I don't really have any idea how I'm supposed to tackle anything or everything ahead of me in this day, this year, this decade, when that's all I've got. It's just a couple loaves of bread and a few fish. Apparently, that's all he needs. We are weary because we forget about grace. We act as though God showing up is the miracle. But guess what? God showing up is the given. Grace is a fact. So this whole section on Who's well done um, are you working for? Of course, this story was, that, or this portion was about the loaves and the fish that uh, were brought and Jesus per performed the miracle of multiplying those loaves and fish um, to feed many. And, um, and it was a miracle. And basically, she is likening this to what we do in our homeschool day. We... Um, are so, it says, we are weary because we forget about grace. We act as though God's showing up is the miracle. So we get weary as homeschooling moms, and we are thinking, how are we going to do all of this? How are we going to feed our 5,000 kids is how we feel like sometimes. How are we going to get the house cleaned if you work from home? How are you going to get that done on top of homeschooling? Um, how are you going to participate in church? All of the things. And we, we have piled on our own schedules. We have piled things on our kids' schedules. How do we get all of that done? You know what? We need to trust God. And maybe we need to get rid of some of those things too. But we tend to think that, you know, if God shows up and helps us, that that's the miracle. But no, God has promised that if we trust in him and we obey him and we follow his word, then he's going he he will support us and strengthen us to do the the things that he has given us to do now sometimes we add our own things that we want to do on top <laughs> and we need to realize that his strength and his peace and all that is for what he has given us to do and so we may need to strip away some of those things that we are adding on um to our schedules and our kids schedules that are just the clutter um, and, and start to understand why we are doing this, um, why we are educating our children at home. It is much more than just get all the things done. Um, another section of uh, Sarah's book is curriculum isn't something you buy, um, and it, it doesn't control you. And so this section is all about, and the, I love this, it's very practical, it's how to choose curriculum, and it's also how to implement a better schedule. Amen, right? We all could use a better schedule. She actually talks about 
morning time and loop scheduling. I actually started implementing morning time into our homeschool last year, and I'm really hoping to look more into this loop scheduling. Um, she gives examples of it. We all like it. I'm a visual learner. I need examples. And so I really recommend you get this book so you can see exactly how she lays this out. Maybe you would like it for your homeschool as well. Another um, quote from this section is, I opened up the book to the wrong section to share with you, um, is, we may be bound by the constraints of the clock, but the God of the universe is not. Giving him our days and our minutes will yield more fruit than we could ever hope to yield on our own. When we're working to simplify our schedules, the temptation to multitask can become overwhelming. It's true that becoming a habitual multitasker will mean that you check a lot more off your list at the end of the day. It also invariably means that you will have missed the critical point of truly educating your child. She is not a project to be managed, but a soul to be cultivated. Let's consider why we ought to do the right thing at the right time and focus on one main task at a time. I can't tell you how much that speaks to my heart and my life. Because I, what we were just talking about, I add so much to my schedule, and I think I'm going to multitask my way right through it. And I fail every time. And it's because I'm trying to do things in my own strength and not um, follow God's will for my life and not trust that he is going to give me the strength to accomplish that which he has, has appointed for me. And so I love that that quote that she is not a project to be managed, but a soul to be cultivated. Um, in educating our children at home, we are laying before them a, a feast that is supposed to be beautiful and <laughs> um, is, is going to entice them to want to learn more. And that, that's, and learn more, not just about the world around them, about but about the God that we serve and hope that they will serve and pray that they will serve and we're leading them to serve. So that's, I love that quote. Um, one more quote uh, from this book. The last section is be who you are. And I really love this part of the book because she talks about just letting go of all the things that restrain us from being free in our homeschool. You know what? If you are not a worksheet person, don't do worksheets. Um, another thing that I thought of is that if you are, um, let's say you are more of a Charlotte Mason purist, but you work from home, or you just had a baby, or name a thousand other things that might be going on in your life, and you just need an hour or two to yourself a couple of times a week, and you want your kid to do some sort of individual homeschool work. If you need to get a computer program class, um, you know, like a teaching textbooks for math or something that is just individual learning without you having to sit right there for your younger kids, do it. <laughs> just do it and don't feel bad about it. Um, it's good for us sometimes to just let go of what we think is the perfect way of doing things and try something new. It might be a blessing for your schedule. It might be something fun for your kids. And if it's not the perfect Charlotte Mason purist way or classical or however you do your normal method, if it's not, if it doesn't just fit that little puzzle piece right in, it might be okay. And you can, you can forge your own way and that's okay. We don't need to feel 
like we are in bondage to our homeschool curriculum. We get this curriculum so that we own it, not so that it owns us. Um, another part of this section on be um, who you are, uh, it also, uh, one quote from there that it was actually that from Andrew Kern, the founder and president of the Searcy Institute, make yourself worthy of imitation. The most important thing every teacher should understand is that teaching is the art of being imitated. If you want a student to perceive a truth, you have to embody it. That's what teaching is. When you teach, whether you intend to or not, you are not saying, or you are saying to your students, imitate me. Well, we need to make ourselves worthy of imitation. And that is part of just learning that you need to take care of you mom, I'm talking to you, homeschooling mom, you need to take care of you. That means that if your schedule is piled too high, strip some things down. Um, you are in a season of life that, you know, if you have a lot of little kids like me, you're not going to be able to do everything because your your little children need you right now. Or, Maybe, um, you know, you've taken on too many different things at church. Well, maybe just strip some of those things back and just do one or two things instead of ten. <laughs> and think of some different things that you can strip back from your schedule. Also, you know, the Bible talks about us having a Sabbath rest. So many moms don't find Sundays restful. I know that I don't. <laughs> um, it's often a day we try to. But it's often a day that, uh, you know, we're chasing after the kids and trying to get everybody ready. And then, you know, you get to church and you feel like you need a nap halfway through because of um, at least we keep kids in the service with us. And so sometimes I'm kind of juggling each kid on one side trying to make sure that they don't do something that they're not supposed to be doing. But um, so Sundays might not be as restful for you like it is for me. And so I'm, I am instituting taking Mondays off um, of doing work and having that be more my rest day with the kids where we sit and read. And um, I think, you know, that's a good thing where you can just let your your soul be for a day. Um, God, you know, commanded that for a reason, and we need to respect that. Um, and so whatever works for you, whether, you know, that is just Sunday, and that's a very restful day for you, um, or if you need to pick another day in the week where you take that time out, you can. Another thing is doing things that that breathe life into you. We have things in our lives that are kind of draining to us and don't don't give us energy, don't energize us. We have other things in our life that do energize us. So it might take time for me to go out with a friend, but I gain energy from that because it's it's encouraging for me to go out with a friend and talk about, um, you know, keeping each other accountable to being in the word. All of that is very energizing for me. So for me, that is something that fills me up. Um, So what, what fills you up? And maybe you can do more of that because that's good for, for your soul um, to be able to do those things. I knew that reading more books in a year was going to be good for me. So I made a goal to read one book a month, um, and which is how I came across these books that I'm sharing with you now. And they are wonderful, and I really suggest that you get them. I will put the links in the show notes. But again, just 
if you're going to be worthy of imitation, you need to be filling yourself up with things that that are good for you, that point you to Christ, um, and that way your kids will see you focusing on Christ and you not being overwhelmed and anxious all the time, and then they will will be able to imitate that. I know for myself, I do have a tendency to be a more stressed out person, and I often worry that my kids will follow that example that um, I know that I show them too often, and I don't want them to imitate that. I want them to to see how to let go of that selfishness that anxiety can be and to focus on giving that over to the Lord and trusting him to care for them. So that is one book that I highly suggest, Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace by Sarah McKenzie. I will put the links to these in the show notes. I apologize for my cough. Um, The next book is Christ in the Chaos, How the Gospel Changes Motherhood by Kim Crandall. Y'all, my Southern just came out. I cried in every single chapter of this book. And I didn't even, I usually highlight in books, and I didn't in this one because it, it would have been bleeding highlighter had I done it. The reason I love this book is it is so gospel-centered. I'm not even totally sure that I have read another small, these are all short books. I I don't know if I mentioned that. They're all like 100 pages or less. Um, So they're really easy to get through. And I just, I did not pick this book up thinking it was going to be so full and rich with God's word. Um, throughout, and it was just what I needed. Um, Kim Crandall is the author, and she starts in the beginning just emptying herself out to you. It's a very real, transparent book. She just pours herself on the page and talks about, she actually talks about some of her worst moments in parenting, and it's stuff that you're you're surprised and shocked that she even put that in a book because, you know, if social services heard about that or something. Um, But it's stuff that you will, I think, because I did, you will see yourself in. Um, The same mistakes that she has made, I have made, but in, you know, my own way, with my own children. And it's times that are terrifying because you – you see your own sin seeping out of you, and you know your children just watch that. <laughs> and it's it really can be terrifying when that happens. And as I'm I'm still you know a considerably young mom with six kids under the age of nine. It has been a whirlwind of a few years, and I have not depended on the Lord throughout the last 10 years as I should have. It has been a very sanctifying time for us. A, a couple of different times my husband was unemployed. We moved a lot trying to find work. Um, and, you know, just being back-to-back pregnant and sick and, yeah, just 
I've become an anxious, you know, mess a lot of these years. And my kids have seen that, and it's not pretty. But um, I, I have also been very convicted in this book. I actually did a lot of that about just just letting that guilt and anxiety go because guess what? I am I am saved. I belong to the Lord and He has covered that sin and I I do need to change, but I'm not gonna be able to change by holding on to the anxiety and guilt. I need to cast that before the Lord and trust Him to help me grow moving forward and to put and to repent and to turn away from past actions. And I guess that's just what this whole book is about. It is about the refocusing, um, a, you know, away from anger, bitterness, and guilt and anxiety and refocusing where we should be looking, which is upon the Lord. One quote that I love um, is, we have an obsession disorder, and the only thing that can bring us help is the gospel. In order to stop the madness of our self-absorbed efforts at self-sanctification, we must turn our sin obsession into a savior obsession, and we can only do that by remembering the gospel. And that's what this book is about. I, I, there are so many quotes. I could, I could read you the whole book. <laughs> it is just that good, but I want you to go and read it for yourself. And, again, I'll put the link in the show notes. But please, uh, whether you're a mom of littles or a mom of older kids, it, this really is about the gospel and your motherhood and just bringing the gospel into your motherhood. I, I know that sounds like that. That should be, we should already be doing that, or we should, we already know these things, but sometimes we do need to be reminded of what the scriptures say. And that's another thing about this book is there, it is just fraught with scriptures. I, I just love it. So please. Um, so that's Christ in the Chaos, How the Gospel Changes Motherhood by Kim Crandall. The last book is a little bit of a different um, course. I, I found this one. I had heard about it. It's called Consider This, Charlotte Mason and the Classical Tradition by Karen Glass. I heard about this on a podcast that I listened to and really like, I think, oh, my goodness, I'm going to tell you two podcasts because it was on one of those. Um, I listened to Scully Sisters, and I listened to um, A Delectable Education. Scully Sisters is more classical, and A Delectable Education is Charlotte Mason. This book was recommended on one of those two. Um, both great podcasts, by the way. You should definitely subscribe to those. But this book, Consider This, um, Charlotte Mason and the Classical Tradition by Karen Glass, highly, highly recommend you read this book. I have another friend of mine reading this right now as I'm finishing it up. And um, it it has been like the biggest paradigm shift that I can <coughs> excuse me, that I, I just can't even describe it. You will have to get it for yourself because it basically turns. If you were homeschooled growing up, maybe this won't be as huge for you. I was not homeschooled growing up. I was in a Christian school. My husband was in a public school, so he's even further off the grid than I am when it kind of, you know, it's been a little harder for him to understand homeschooling 
as being different. Like you, it it should look different than the way regular school looks. In this book, I'm going to have my husband read this because it was just such a shift from how I grew up. And I, you know, you read it and you think, oh my goodness, I I missed so much. <laughs> but instead of feeling guilt about missing so much you can take so much of this and just apply it to your homeschool year. And I'm not saying all at once, but just little by little, it's just so full. I do recommend only reading a chapter at a time because you need to let it like sink in. It's just a lot of good information. Um, one quote, just to kind of help you understand what, you know, the book is about, I mean, there, there's just so much, but John Milton, author of Paradise Lost wrote, the end then of learning is to repair the ruins of our first parents by regaining to know God aright and out of that knowledge to love him, to imitate him, to be like him. As we may the nearest, uh, as we may the nearest by possessing our souls of true virtue, which being united to the heavenly grace of faith makes up the highest perfection. And this is Karen Glass talking uh, after reading that quote from John Milton. What the educators of history have to tell us is that education is about developing a vision of goodness and virtue, and then, most importantly, bringing that knowledge to bear on actual conduct. Right thinking is an important step toward that end, but knowledge alone without conscience or virtue was never an object. David Hicks assures us that the sublime premise of a classical education asserts that right thinking will lead to right, if not righteous, acting. That's from Norms and Nobility by David Hicks. Only within, also a good book, by the way, only within the past several generations has education become entirely divorced from moral development, and we see the results around us every day. Education, as conceived in our earliest records and understood through many centuries, was never about intellectual achievement alone, or even primarily. The development of the intellect was meant to serve in the formation of good character and good conduct was the desired end of wise thinking. Oh, it's just a lot, isn't it? <laughs> but it's under, this entire book is about understanding classical education and how Charlotte, it, I was not aware when I first started understanding or learning more about Charlotte Mason. I just thought Charlotte Mason was classical. I did not realize that there is a difference. And so I've been, we've done some uh, podcast episodes on Charlotte Mason, and you can definitely go back and listen to it. Rochelle is much more um, aware of the Charlotte Mason method and follows it, um, and I'm just kind of coming into it, learning about it. And um, this book has been so helpful in understanding why this method works, where our modern education system has gone wrong, and it isn't like a practical how to implement Charlotte Mason and the classical tradition into your homeschool, but it'll make you want to. <laughs> if that, it really will make you want to because it makes it so beautiful um, and it makes you realize what you missed growing up in our modern education system and why it's faulty. Um, and it, it again, it, it does point you back to God because the whole of our education, we, in one chapter, she talks about, she says, to see the, the forest amid the trees. Um, and so 
she's basically talking about how our education is is a whole and how we we are bringing all of that together and it's pointing us to God and right living um and it it all works together versus in the modern school system everything's so so separated and <laughs> compartmentalized and that's not that's not us our our mind soul body all work together and um, to form a whole person. And it's the same thing with our education. All of our different subjects uh, in the classical way of educating, all those different subjects work together to point us to God, to point us to virtue and living according to obedience to God and faith in God and trust in God. And it, it really is a good book. So I, I would highly recommend the three books that I've covered today is uh, Teaching from Rest, A Homeschooler's Guide to Unshakable Peace by Sarah McKenzie, Christ in the Chaos, How the Gospel Changes Motherhood by Kim Crandall. Oh, I should mention Sarah McKenzie has a really good pod, podcast called Read Aloud Revival. Definitely check that one out, too. Um, and then consider this, Charlotte Mason in the Classical Tradition uh, by Karen Glass. And... Um, I will post all of the links for those books in the show notes. I really hope that you get a chance to read them. And I would really appreciate it if um, if you have read these books already or if you read them and would come back and share with me what you think. Um, I would love that. You can email us at info at talkingmom2, the number two, mom.com. Or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash talking mom to mom. Again, the two is the number two. Uh, and just share with us what you thought about those books and how they spoke to you. And, you know, hopefully they are as life-changing for you as they were for me. So happy reading. Thank you for listening to Talking Mom to Mom with Lindsay and Rochelle. Talking Mom to Mom is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.